0: the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This.
1: This. This
2: is
0: AV Nation. This is AV Nation.
1: AV Week is produced and distributed through a partnership with AV Nation and Rave Publications. For more information, go to ravepubs.com forward slash AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 33, recorded Friday, March 16th, 2012. It's not purple, it's lavender. Ready. AV AV Week. Performing scan. A-V week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AB Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio, visual, news, and information. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Tim Albright, your host. Uh, With me in studio is Michael Drainer. He is from Tech Electronics in St. Louis, Missouri. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, From New York City, George Tucker from World Stage. He is the engineering coordinator. How are you, sir?
3: I am doing well. Good to hear you again.
1: And the noodly employed Don Mead. (laughs)
3: <laughs> she is Hi, from,
1: She is the marketing and media coordinator for NetAV.
0: Yay! Hey. <laughs> and, and that's newly, not nudely. <laughs> there are well, laws against that sort we, of thing. We in can this talk day. about that.
1: And, and, and in case you you haven't, uh, you have missed it. Don has been a, a freelance um, uh, um, a consultant for for AV companies. She's also done a lot of marketing stuff and, and, and blogging as well. Uh, but now she has decided to join the rank and file of 9 to 5 or so. <laughs> Get your rejoin, coffee. rejoin. I was rejoin. only one year yes, doing the freelance yes, yes. thing.
0: I, I've had a job.
1: <laughs> I say that like, you know, oh, she's finally getting off the couch. No, no, she's, she's rejoining. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have said that. So,
3: No more bonbons for you.
0: Uh, I can still eat bonbons. I just have a desk to eat them at now.
1: <laughs> uh, this week we're going to talk about the TED conference, South by Southwest, to talk about more conferences. Um, the uh, the HDCP and and copying content. Um, Also, 10 signs that you're an AV geek. And one of them probably is listening to this very podcast. Uh, But first, um, back in June of 2011, Extron was at Infocom. Yes, they were at Infocom at one point. They're not anymore, but hey. Um, But they, they released a bunch of products, one of which I was interested in. Because of the whole mobile control thing, and they really they were showing their Media Link app for the iPad, and and ostensibly, I guess, for the whole iOS system. It, they said it would release by by the end of 2011. Didn't exactly hit that. It did release uh, this last couple weeks. It's 99 cent cents on the App Store. A little different than, than CRESTRON's or AMX's. Uh, CRESTRON has a free version for the the stripped down. And Crestron's full version, uh, which does a couple of things. I think one is analog feedback for a hundred bucks. So yeah, it's a little different. Michael, is this something that you can throw on an iPad for you know, education or from for for somebody's home that makes sense? Because it's only a buck, right? Uh, and you you do have to have the whole MediaLink system, you know, obviously in place for it to control. Uh, but is this a comp- a good competitor to AMX or or Crestron's uh, iOS? Um, interfaces uh,
2: you know i think it's a good supplement to what's uh already going on in the world of extron i mean it's just kind of extending the existing control interface to a mobile platform with MediaLink, uh, which you did not have the ability to do before i don't know that you can speak to it being a competitive product to crestron or amx um, because it is limited by media links capabilities where the uh, crestron or amx can actually expand into um, whatever display you want to build and control multiple processors, multiple interfaces. So I don't know that they're really in the same league. Um, my complaint is: look, I already paid for the media link. You're going to charge me a buck for the app,
1: really? Oh, that's not fair. I mean, Questron and Amex both charge you for their for the iOS stuff. Yeah,
2: they do, but a buck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why not make it ninety nine cents?
1: <laughs> but it, I'm sorry, it is ninety nine cents. I'm the one. Oh, okay, it. okay. There buy. we go. There we go. Jeez. George help me out here. Is this cooler?
3: Um yes and no. I'm kind of undecided on this thing. You can't be um, undecided. This is an finally- election this is an election year. You have to vote. Sorry. <laughs> Sound like my uh, father. So
2: the candidates are Extron, Crestron, and AMX?
3: Uh, don't you know I'm a radical moderate. I try. Um <laughs> No, that's a libertarian, uh, but
1: thank you. Uh
3: uh-huh. So I, I kind of like it, but it's it looks a lot like their actual wall plates, which no, it, I guess not is what a lot going like for. it is
2: their wall plate. It is, yeah.
3: Okay, okay. Well, we quibble. <laughs> I'm not sure what I think of it. I mean, I would expect more. Yes, I know the product that they're connecting to doesn't do more, but it just doesn't doesn't grab me. And maybe I'm maybe I'm over expecting or over analyzing what they did with it, but I just yeah, you're on this big glossy machine, and I don't know what I got here.
2: Well, really, what else can you do other than replicate I, the actual panel? I, I mean, there's no, not okay. much to so, media links.
1: So let's let's not quib, let's let's not parse hairs here or anything. Um, I I I like a lot of Extron's products. One thing that is a downside to Extron is the user interface, is the sexiness, and and sometimes sexiness does really matter. I'm talking, I'm not talking about exploiting women or anything like that. I like that. I'm talking about. <laughs> The the actual user experience, you know, for me touching the buttons. And Crestron and AMX have that down way over, way over Xtron. And so, yeah, they could have taken this opportunity to... You're putting this on one of the sexiest, most user-friendly devices, an iPad, right? And Apple has spent a lot of time, a lot of research... To get this thing faster and thinner and all this jazz, and now we have a retina display, so we have you know all this all these other cool tools and a really fast processor. You know, I I don't care if they would have called up you know Apple and said, "Give us Johnny I for you know a couple million dollars and have him design the interface." They had the opportunity to make their product sexier than what the actual wall box is, and they didn't take it.
2: But don't you think that would cause some confusion, though? I mean, if you think about the application for an MLC. Um, controller, it's it's for that simple environment, for the novice user, it needs to be very intuitive. And, you know, if you've got one interface for the wall panel and another interface for the touch panel, it, I could see where it's going to really confuse the end user. So I understand why they did what they did. But to me, it's just kind of like, okay, so I can go wireless with an MLC now. All right.
0: Right. Uh, that's, what, that's what I think. I mean, it, when you look at this, you have to understand it is what it is. It's extra on media link. Anybody that's integrating control into any kind of corporate or education environment knows. And, and this is no reflection on the quality of the product, but in general, the perception is good, better, best. And when you're just looking at good, you throw in a media link. If you're looking at better, <laughs> yeah. you find something from AMX in the budget range. And if you're looking for best, you know, or at least shiniest, generally Crestron tends to be the shiniest. And, and, and you know, again, that's no reflection. I love all three companies. I've, I've, I've had my ups and downs with all three companies. But the perception with their control is MediaLink is kind of the entry-level basic get-or-done model and it doesn't have to be sexy
1: Get her down. you know it's larry the cable guy wow
0: <laughs> seriously it's it's the larry the cable guy of 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 control for av but it works it does what it needs to do it ain't pretty but it it does what it needs to and and the 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 interface here reflects that i'm just tickled that it's 99 cents because you know granted i've been we are working from the couch for the past year and haven't been looking at price sheets, but last I had checked, some of the other guys, AMX and or Crestron, their putting panels on the iPad thing was a couple hundred bucks. For 99 cents, I'll take it. It's ugly, but it works, you know. And for a room that already has MediaLink,
1: go for it. It's ugly, but it works. Oh, my. Yeah, and, and and in all fairness, AM, uh, AMX's and Crestron's free ones, and I stress free, at least on the on the Android marketplace. I know, Michael, on the on the iOS is is the Crestron one free?
2: The Crestron one, yes. I don't know the answer off okay. the top of my head.
1: The on the on the Android marketplace, there is a free version. There is that doesn't give you as much feedback. It does give you some feedback, but doesn't give you as much. Uh, and for the $100 version, it does give you a little bit more feedback. But really, that's all the, that you get for $100, uh, a little bit more functionality. But they have a free one, for crying out loud. So,
3: yeah, I believe I believe the iPhone, iPad one, there is a free version as well. Yeah. And it is okay. um, very limited in, in feedback, yeah. but it is there.
1: It is there. So in essence, extrons <laughs> Xtron's ugly one <laughs> cost me a buck extra. I'm sorry, Michael, 99 cents extra.
3: Well, you know, and, and you. not to beat the, it to a dead horse here, but you know, it does it does what it does, and it is nice. Uh, maybe I'm having a, a a mascot moment where I'm like, it just the space it fills feels awkward to me. You know, I'm not sure what it is, but my initial reaction was, okay, and I don't know.
2: Yeah, and I think we're all on the same page there. But you know, yeah. we're we're wanting the the cool, touchy feely kind of sexy thing. But if you think about the MLC app. There's nothing cool and sexy about MediaLink. No, but I yeah. wanted you know. them
1: to take the opportunity to make it sexy, I yeah. guess. Yeah, well, you know, Our I I, I think they did
2: that with TouchLink, though. You know, they started no, they going didn't. down... Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right, but they have...
3: They started have the, going down the road. They started yes. going down that started.
2: road. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this, is, this was not supposed to be the, <laughs> the on <X-tron laughs> bash their. They're, I'm sure there's some poor... Soul, you and know, we do plenty we their- do
2: plenty of Media Link and Touch Link, you know? We have a lot of customers that are very happy no, with I, them. No, and I've got and I like the product. I've got customers not- that, that'll use the, the iPad app too. I mean, for only a buck, they can do that. Um, but uh yeah, it is it is what it is.
1: I was gonna
0: say I don't even think it's necessarily a matter of bashing extron because no. Media Link's great. Yeah. I know lots of people that love Media Link. Our own guys loved Media Link when it came out. In its place. And there were certain jobs yes. that were media link jobs. Right. Certain other jobs are high end crash drawn jobs or what have you, you know, custom jobs with somebody writing their own software. I mean, it, it, you know, for its for its place in the world, it's fabulous. Yes.
1: All right. Yeah, for its place in the world. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is from Gizmodo and uh, they're, they're, they're talking about South by Southwest. If you don't know what that is, it's about four or five days uh, in Austin, Texas. Uh, where a bunch of technology people get together. And, uh, you know, it, it started a number of years ago. Um, it, you know, it's where Twitter was first released. It's where a number of, of, of significant uh, pieces of uh, you know, new media and, and new software w- have, have been introduced. And the, the Gizmodo piece asked the question, and so I'll ask the question to, to my fabulous panel here. George, does South by Southwest still matter?
3: Yeah, I think it does, um, and in the same way that Burning Man matters, but it's different. Explain what really, Burning what Man is... is. What?
1: Explain what Burning Man is in case somebody does I mean, Well,
3: Burning Man is this great music and culture and art extravaganza, and I can't think of another word for it, but it's, it's a mess, and it's creative, and it's data, and it's wonderful all at the same time. Uh, it happens out in the salt flats. <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> losing which state that's in. I'm sorry. But uh, it's where they they erect this burning man figure that they eventually, at the end of the the seven or eight days in the desert, they burn it. But in between then, there are musical performances and creative art movements and theater pieces and people just hanging out and being together. And it's become a social media sort of mecca as well. Um, But South by Southwest is more of the sort of startup businessman's version of that, where they you, you can go from the bands and stuff like that and see the startups and see the technology and and have a great time. And the blog that we're referencing talks about how a lot of the original people who were there that started with South by Southwest as a technology thing are sort of preshawing it now because it's not what they started and it's not the intimate little uh, get-together that they used to have. Uh, And I think that that's valid to say, hey, it's not quite the influence or the immediate response reaction that we used to get but it's still very important for people to get exposed to things and to become part of that and to hopefully possibly, uh, possibly get themselves exposed for a broader audience
1: real quickly it's actually Nevada so
3: Nevada sorry i was having a brain fart there that's right
1: so don does this does this gathering of <laughs> technology folks for what in essence has as you know not to be flip about it has has turned into somewhat of a trade show slash drunken fest for for technology geeks. Somebody on, on Twitter this week in tech last week said it was spring break for geeks. (laughs) And what's wrong with that? Nothing. I'm just relating, you know, so does this thing still matter?
0: Again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with George. It does, but in a different way, you know, I mean, it, it went from being a small group of ahead of the curve, tech types who were developing new things and bringing them out, you know, as a startup, but not even startups at that point, just ideas and, and, and building them that way. And bloggers would go and new new app development developers would go. And, and it was this very creative little nugget of tech geekiness. And it's turned into, you know, there's concerts and it's as much a music festival as it is a technology festival. And there's parties and, you know, the article uses the term, you get nothing more than barbecue bloat, which... Is true true to a point, you know. There's parties. I mean, we we've experienced it when Infocom. It went from a little gathering of a few manufacturers to the monstrosity that it's been the past few years. In a good way, monstrosity, mind you. But I mean, it changes. Things evolve. Things change. And and from from the tone of this article, it was almost like. The, the founders of South by Southwest were hipsters, and now that everybody wants to go there, it's just not cool, you know. <laughs> They're sitting around wearing their gla- their their big thick glasses, saying, "I liked South by Southwest before anyone ever heard of it," you yes. know. And it it still matters; it's still relevant, and now it matters even a little more because people know about it and know to send money there if you're a startup and a venture, you know, venture capitalists know about it, and people that want to invest in you know about it, and I think that's more valuable than. You know, just sitting around saying, Look how cool I am.
1: Well, and, and Michael Dawn raises a good point. You know, it it's you know, Infocom has involved as has evolved. You know, suddenly all of us have our, our have our Wednesday night free at Infocom this year. So <laughs> Thank you, West this, Coast guys. Does this does this thing matter down in Austin?
2: Does it matter? Yeah, I mean, I think it matters. I think it's always beneficial when you can get a bunch of tech heads together and have some legitimate conversations about where things are going and what's going on and how you're going to finance your new endeavors. I mean, that that's where that's where brilliance is stirred is, is when you can get those minds together and really start talking about things that could be. Um, do I think it's a bad thing that it has become what it has? Maybe, maybe not. I think it depends on what the initial intent was and what you hope to get out of it. Um, do I think it's uh, no longer valid? No. Um, I think there is some validity to it and that there's a lot of benefits to it.
1: Okay. So let's all go next year. Yay! Yeah. Is that a burning man, one we or two. I,
3: well, I have to say that it, it does sort of feel very tiresome and almost adolescent the way that they were reacting against it. It's like, you know, I'm a child right. of the, the punk hardcore movement of the uh, of the 80s and 90s, and there isn't an, any number of bands. I think one most people can relate to is um, – uh, is, uh, I, boy, I'm having these brain parts again, the American Idiot. Green Day. Green Day. Green Day. Green Day. Who went from this real, local you know, punk band that slept in people's living rooms and floors to this mega band, really, still keeping to what they did, mostly. But they did change a little bit. But does that make it any less valid? No. Just a crying that others know about it now, and it's too crowded. Uh, I love that quote that he said, uh, with the Yogi Berra, nobody goes there anymore, it's always too crowded. <laughs> it's like yeah but yeah. i mean oh, i mean okay. if you, if you if you live but in your really little
2: is- hole though i mean what what benefit is it to the world and and to the other people in the industry if you just live in recluse uh, yeah, and, I mean and it's yes, just the way we've same, always done think,
1: it i'm I'm of the opinion you know what if infocom ever turns into, into CES, I think it's going to be a great thing, not a horrible this is too crowded thing
0: you just want to meet justin
1: Bieber well there there, oh. there is that you know what <laughs> if it, I met Justin Bieber, I might become the coolest guy in my house
2: as cool <laughs> as the purple well, shirt bad. he's wearing today.
1: Leave you know. me alone with my purple shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Just wait for us to get on video. Then I can show people how incredibly buff and, and handsome I am. Yeah, they'll just start calling you video, Barney.
3: When we do video, I'm going to start dressing like John Cherry. That's all I have to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to put a, a link to the Don Cherry um No yes. you'll get yeah Yeah, make sure you
2: put that on the show page
1: (laughs) yeah there's if you case I will put this on the the links on the show page Don Cherry who if you don't know who he is he's a big hockey guy up in Canada uh and he's a commentator and he's he's explaining um how the heck do we get to talking about hockey I don't know uh he's explaining this uh this 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 team and he keeps pounding the desk and someone has over or, or underlaid uh Piano notes every time he hits the desk perfectly to where it looks like Don Cherry is playing uh, at this desk and, and with a very loud uh, red jacket, I think so.
3: Yeah, well, he's also very well known for these outlandish and loud, and I mean loud, suits. They're made out of almost drapery material at times. He's uh, he's not afraid to wear the flowers. No. So he's the walking tapestry. No. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, yeah, so that's what we'll do. <laughs> All right, from CE Pro, um, for Jason Nutt, the question is, um, are outdoor AV systems picking up steam? And, and he goes on to say, you know, despite the economy, demand for outdoor AV systems seems to have remained steady. It seemed everyone was talking about outdoor entertainment several years ago, but we haven't heard much lately. Michael, you are an integrator uh, in St. Louis, but you have a couple of, of, of other offices Are you putting in a lot of these, or are you hearing about a lot of these?
2: I wouldn't say a lot, but we do have a steady flow of outdoor AV deployments going on at any given time. Um, We've recently had one in, uh, well, actually, this this is is one it has been a couple years ago, but downtown St. Louis. Uh, we've got an outdoor venue that has a Daktronics display. We've got speakers in the garden. Um, this whole kind of city rejuvenation thing was going on with the Parks Department, and they ended up um, they broadcast the Cardinals games there. They have movie nights out in the park, and it, you know it's a good display of how AV can be used to enhance the community and to bring people together. Uh, we've got different corporations. I've even had military institutions um, want to do outdoor entertainment spaces for <laughs> on base. Uh, entertainment Mm -hmm. for families to bring the kids out to the park Um, they do um, uh, meetings and trainings out there Um, it it, it presents its own unique set of challenges but um, we are we are continually seeing that whether it's um, uh, video displays or just outdoor entertainment systems in uh, amphitheaters and and uh, things of that sort so yeah it's definitely not drying up
1: George you you guys do a lot of live staging and stuff like that I mean Mm it's part of your thing world stage um is this something you see going on and i don't know i have never done one so give me some of the of the the pros and the cons some of the the pitfalls that can happen as you start to take i don't know a piece of electronics outdoors where there's rain and snow and sleet
3: well precisely and it has to be you know weather impervious or uh moisture impervious all those other factors and you, there's a maintenance to it. You have to sort of maintain them more often than not. It's not just the navy system that sits in your house or inside of a ballroom. It's got to be maintained like a car. You got to, you know, clean it and all that other stuff. Um, I like this, though, even from the sort of residential side, that what it shows is that people who are nesting – you may not be going out as often you may not be buying a new car you may not be buying uh certain vacations but you want to make your outdoor if you have are so lucky to have a backyard to, to do that much more entertaining to bring people in so that you can actually entertain at your house and enjoy yourself there and this is a very good sign i think even though they're saying it's only a small percentage it's still steady It's sort of like when people were um, improving their houses during other economic downturns. Hey, they were making it more weather efficient. They were putting in home theaters or mini home theaters or some kind of AV system because they were staying home more and they wanted it to be nice.
2: Well, I I think you're absolutely right, George. They're they're trying to expand their living space. And, you know, just like we see companies and organizations wanting to do that to leverage those outdoor venues. um, In in my previous life, I worked for a a television broadcast company, and our CEO has this outdoor arborarium, kind of goes out into the pool area and things like that. And we did just that. Um, We ended up putting in outdoor uh, LED displays that were weatherized and every, or not LED. At the time, it was plasmas. Um, mm-hmm. It would put speakers under the water in the pool so he could hear what's going on out there. They could listen to their music in the pool house and underwater. And, yeah, we're talking about somebody with a lot of money here. But at the same time, um, you know, years ago, you wouldn't see that type of stuff going on. One, the technology wasn't there. And people just weren't thinking about expanding that space uh, like they are today.
3: Right. I don't even have the money to do any of that but i'm looking to put outdoor speakers right into my yard right i spend a lot of time there with the kids i want to be able to listen to the game listen to music right hang out with friends and it's the perfect space for it and you know it's going to cost me a couple of hundred bucks here and there but i'm going to put most of it in myself but it's it's that's what i would do next you know it's it's am i going to uh, add my lighting and thermostat that's the indoor stuff for for managing it but outdoors i want my av at least audio right
2: well i want my crestron to fire up my grill for me in the winter (laughs) (laughs) we grow year round so oh, yeah. you know, yeah I, yeah I, I i you know one of these days i'm gonna build that nice big outdoor kitchen thing but here in the midwest we just don't have enough good weather to make that happen
1: sure we do yeah well, you're watching the april it- 20th and april 21st well that's
2: true if you don't mind it 110 percent humidity
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right uh don is this something side what's that I said the mosquitoes the size of uh, bombers. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah especially especially this this year. small
2: birds. Yeah,
1: especially <laughs> this year with the, fact, with the fact that we had no winter to speak of. So yeah, right. We will have them. Uh, Don, is this something where you know integrators and and uh, guys like Michael and, and and you guys can start you know marketing to you know the you know the, the you know, the people who are still staying in their homes and you know what we're getting into warmer weather. So hey, why don't you start, start thinking about something whether it's you know, obviously, there's 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 the outdoor speaker part all the way up to, you know, the the weatherproof plasma.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a market for it, both, you know, on the consumer side and the commercial side. You know, I've never worked resi, but I know the resi guys get called for this. I've been to a few houses where people have had this, and it looks fantastic. You know, it, it's just a sign, though, that our society is becoming more and more... It, not even not immune, but just um, used to having AV and technology all around us. You know, we, we've got the technology. We've got digital signage going in outdoors, in 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 walkways and things. Is wayfinding in different corporate campuses, in different theme parks. You know, on, on the home front, they are putting them on on decks and patios. But you know, I'm in the DC area. A lot of our corporate clients work for the government, and of course, a lot of our clients are the government we've been working on outdoor av systems for quite a while and working on getting them weather immune and so forth because ours have to stand up to you know the desert or a cave somewhere or <laughs> these sorts of things so there 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 is technology out there that can make our electronics and our and our av work in pretty harsh environments it's just a matter of getting it more affordable and then getting people to buy into it and like I said, we've gotten to, as a society to the point that everybody expects AV everywhere. It's, it's not at all unusual to be walking and see digital signage and digital billboards as you're walking. That, that's commonplace nowadays. So it's only a matter of time until this is just another standard thing people do.
2: Well, and why shouldn't we expect it? I mean, we've got yeah. wi- we've got Wi-Fi everywhere. We've got our mobile devices everywhere. We've got data everywhere we go. We should have the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. you know what, what's encouraging to me with this is we're seeing more and more companies pop up that are specializing in ruggedized AV. You know, we, we've got a lot more speaker manufacturers making IP65 rated devices. We're seeing more display manufacturers or third-party manufacturers building enclosures uh, to support these devices. So you know i i think it's just a natural progression it's going to continue to move forward and we're going to see more and more of it in both residential and commercial
0: right on
1: everywhere (laughs) (laughs) wow holy cow that was an interesting little reference (laughs) savoir faire is everywhere
3: all right Uh, (laughs) do what I said my job is done. I can leave now. You can do that. Yes. You've got me thinking about... <laughs>
1: George you know,
2: George caused the inspiration. Yeah.
1: Um, from CNET, Intel is developing an online TV service. Interesting. Uh, for the Wall Street... Actually, the CNET is reporting something the Wall Street Journal is reporting, so I want to make sure that all my attributions are in place. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports that the PC maker is developing a new web-based TV service to compete with cable, satellite, and telco TV services. George, this comes the same week where I found out, and, and I didn't know it, that this, maybe you guys did, was that Netflix was starting to talk to certain cable providers about being their on-demand service, which was also interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Here's, you know, we're all kind of you know, juggling around in the, oh, let's call it the giant jacuzzi of online video. Where you know it's a weird visual, some, man. Some martinis
2: <laughs> have is. been had,
1: and you know the socks have come off. And oh, whoops! There's my bottom trunks, and you know. <laughs> these guys are. Oh, follow along, if you will, please.
2: Am like I gonna have to hit the delay here? A second. No.
3: <laughs> they're, they're I'm just worried. Is this a hotel jacuzzi or is this a private jacuzzi? It's, a, it's a whole hotel. different no, set it's of a, viruses. That it's a hotel jacuzzi. You
1: know? oh, that makes
2: it
3: even worse yeah, yeah. Yeah. because yeah. it's the internet.
1: You know, <laughs> that's just and, a cesspool, dude. And you don't know where it's been. But <laughs> these guys are all kind of, you know, they're half drunk, but they all understand that they've all got the same end uh the, the the end game is the same and that's to deliver as much of the to be the the biggest deliverer of content to you and me and to the end users of of these products you know to be the the source the one the only um to to to, to quote lord of the rings you know the one ring to rule them all type thing is this you know intel jumping into this which actually kind of surprises me uh, Apple has jumped into this, and and if you believe the rumors, eventually there will be an actual physical Apple TV that will provide streaming, and you know they're they're where they are where all of your content is going to be. If you bought you know your movie from iTunes, Netflix is obviously there, Hulu is all obviously there. Where are we going with this? And and I believe it's a good thing, but is this kind of a good thing that the big giant jacuzzi of media delivery guys?
3: I personally believe so, and I think it's what 90%, if not 99.9% of the media-consuming populace wants. But everybody's getting into it because they think it's the future. It is the precious that they all want. I think they're all jumping in because they see someone like Apple saying, we want to control the entire chain. Mm -hmm. We want to sell you the box, sell you the media, sell you this. And they all see that as a very good potential of being able to have the entire food chain. As Intel, you go, why couldn't Intel do what Apple does? They could. They've got the they've got the resources and the hardware and the engineering development to be able to do it and do it right. Um, they work with Apple and they work with everybody else. Um, so everybody wants to be able to have their own little food chain, which, in a way, sort of harks upon the long tail. I don't know if you know that book about how um, you know companies can sell more of many products rather than a lot of one product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they sort of, you know, subdivide everything. And, and that's very tempting because you're have these little spin-offs that if they go bad, you spin them off, you're really not hurting that much. But they all feed off of each other and make a bigger company and make a bigger sales thing. And you can actually grab niche markets and make money off of it. Um so uh, I see it as a good thing, but what I think eventually will happen, like anything else that's happened in these big conglomerates, is there's going to be a feeding frenzy at some point where it reaches critical mass, and a whole bunch of them are going to go away and get absorbed or fail because they didn't take the uh, the Groupon offer immediately. Jeez, <laughs> well, and, and uh, they'll, they'll die off. Isn't but, that yeah. just that, kind that of evolution,
1: be, though? It, Business evolution, it, you know?
3: Yeah, I suppose it is. Is. Um, it's but everybody's going after something that they know very little about where the real profit margins yeah. are, right. yeah. and what is it going to do to the infrastructure? The infrastructure is the free internet, and we've all been fighting about that from SOPA to uh, bandwidth limiting to net, net priority pricing, you know, all that stuff. So, what does it do to you and me? We may want it, but do we really want what we get? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and careful, you may ask, what you ask for, yeah.
1: Don. There, there have been many different reports, and, and th- this is the one I, I feel the most comfortable saying. That thirty percent of the internet traffic uh, in the U.S. during prime time viewing hours, and if you don't know what that is in the in the in the East Coast, it's it's eight to eleven, and in the Midwest where where Michael and I are, it's it's seven to ten. Thirty percent of internet traffic during that time is Netflix. Okay, now if I'm NBC or ABC or CBS, I'm shaking in my boots. If I'm Cablevision um, or, or Comcast or Charter, I am courting. Netflix at this point going, Really, you're thirty percent. Hmm. Well, I have this marriage over here who it's not exactly working for me, you know, you know, 'cause because here's the thing. If thirty percent of the internet traffic is Netflix during prime time, which is the marriage they have with ABC and C B S and NBC, why wouldn't they, you know, dump that marriage and jump with Netflix?
0: Right. Um I mean the thing the thing is the whole Internet, TV, Internet streaming, watching thing, the, the biggest issue that all of them have, and it says this in the article, is content. Mm-hmm. They have to have access to the content. Netflix already has a mechanism in place where they have content, and that's why they're being you know having the most success at this point. Apple TV has not worked because they don't have as much content, where they don't have all the content. Um, you know, I got a Kindle fire for Christmas. I love it. I watch content on it. Amazon Prime doesn't have all the content. Yeah. It has a, a great big chunk of it and I love it, but it doesn't have all the content. And I don't think anyone is going to be successful as long as all of these companies are coming in with this idea that they're going to become the the one ring to rule it all and and lock out other competitors from the different content. People won't stand for that. I mean, you know, people want access to everything or as much as possible. And if you're going to be you know, restrictive and say, I'm only going to play on this one. And somebody else is going to say, I'm only going to play on that one. Eventually people are going to get hacked off and just say to heck with it. And, you know, pirate everything or, yeah. or what have you, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to play that game. Ultimately what what's going to work is, is something similar to free TV or paid TV, you know, the, 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 the regular methods of getting TV across Without these exclusive deals that this production company is only going to run on this platform and this production company is only going to run on that platform, that will never be successful in my view. And as long as they keep pursuing that kind of deal, the, the, the makers of the devices themselves or the services themselves aren't going to be successful. The reason Netflix seems ahead of the game, they've got more content. They've got more access to.
2: They have more, but they don't have all. And right. and, and, there, and therein lies the problem. And you just hit the nail on the head with that because I've got my Netflix account, but I also pay for my Hulu Plus because I can't get everything I want mm-hmm. on Netflix. And guess right. what? I still subscribe to DirecTV because I can't get everything I want on both of those. Yeah. So, you know, you're absolutely right, Don. And and to quote George Feldstein um, uh, last week, you can't— George,
1: you, George, George Feldstein wasn't on last week.
2: George Feldstein, what am I saying? <laughs>
1: You know what, that would be a bigger story. And, 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 I, and I, I like Randy, Randy Klein a lot, uh, but that would have been Randy
2: Klein. Story. I apologize, Randy, if you're listening today. But to quote Randy Klein, you can't rule the world. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take it over. Um, so, and, and none of these guys are going to be able to do that. But what I am excited about with this is that the competition is good for the marketplace. What concerns yeah. me is that as this evolution goes on, Tim's absolutely right. The smaller guys are going to get swallowed up and it's going to get right back to a monopoly again. We're going to be right back where we are with the, uh, the traditional cable delivery systems and satellite systems. Um, and, well, and until we can get that under wraps, um, I don't see it being beneficial to the, to the market.
3: But here's yeah. an argument against the monopoly idea, though, or the potential monopoly. If I'm a content broadcaster of any sort, how many times have I watched my channel or my content be unavailable because cable companies and broadcast mm-hmm. networks have bitched at mm-hmm. each other? And we just went through one here with uh, Cablevision and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, or sorry, um, MSG and Warner Brothers not doing any of the sports stuff because they were fighting over a couple of pennies, really, in their in their world of dollars about broadcasting this stuff. If I'm a smart broadcaster, I'm thinking I'm going to try and find as many of the important streams or content providers, or the stream providers, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, Redbox, uh, and say, I wanna have my content, my channel on your box, because the minute somebody else tells me that they're gonna try to get more money out of me, hey, everybody, go to Hulu. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, go to Apple TV, because that way you're protected. From your right. your content being away now it's a two it's an end game both ways but it's sort of like mutually assured destruction you
1: know? Here, here's <laughs> the thing that I, I would say to that and this is where my, my theoretical stuff for mass media comes in uh, and so if you if you'd like to go to sleep now that's fine but I I would, I would take issue with with the the monopoly part and here's the reason why because I I honestly believe and I firmly believe that there is this is there is a place for internet-based Media creators uh Leo Laporte and Twit have have done it uh Kevin Rose started revision three and they are still striving you know a, a thriving uh, after him um Mevio has done it several cnet does it i mean there 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 are several several places where you have internet only content delivery a v nation a v nation is is is, right is, on. is doing it and striving to do more i mean mm-hmm. that, our, our goal is yes to eventually do do video
2: how many shows do we have now
1: eight Eight or nine, it's eight or nine, yeah. um, and so there is a place now where where the disconnect with with the listener and the, and the viewer comes in is how to get it into the house because most of them do have some sort of cable box or or satellite box. This is where people where western where where people like Western Digital and Roku and, and boxes like this come into effect. George is right. You say you know what? I'm going to make deals with everybody. Major League Baseball, like it or hate it is a genius when it comes to this and I wish the NFL would would take a page from this. Amen. They have deals with every single possible um um set top box manufacturer that says for I think it's 125 bucks or 150 bucks a year, uh I can subscribe to to MLB online. And I get a Roku box, I download the 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 channel for that and I can watch the St. Louis Cardinals regardless of where they are and regardless of where I am. And here's the here's the really cool thing and the really nichey thing, you know what? If I don't like the Fox Sports Midwest guys who are calling the Cardinal side of the game, and they're playing the Yankees, I can listen to the Yankees side. And you're, this is where the content creators are going to have more power than the pipes than the actual aggregators i think in the future that's that's where i'm coming from with this and and as not only a content creator myself but also as as a media person who who looks at this stuff um i really really believe that that's where where it's going now i may be wishful thinking but that's really where i see it going is where there's more power with the creators than there are with the actual aggregators
2: i think you're right to a point Um, I I think what it's going to break down is the reality of the dollars and cents and the advertisers coming into that because it's going to be very difficult for the the broadcaster to – or the local distribution method to sell to that advertiser when they know you can get that content elsewhere and not see their ad because the fact is that's how this stuff is monetized, right? I mean they're making their money on the ads. They're making their money on the distribution. They're making their money – I mean there's so many different places that that the dollars are rolling in in this media world – uh, once you start interrupting that, then the game changes.
1: No, it does. It does, and and there there will be some some bumpy years for you know a little bit when as that kind of shifts and shakes out. So
2: yeah, because let's face it, in St. Louis, I don't want to see an ad about Joey B's Pizza and you know oh, I New think York that City. Would
1: be cool. I think that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. But
2: but it doesn't make any sense for Joey B's, right, or whoever whoever the the uh, the advertiser may be. And likewise, the St. Louis folks want to be able to hit you where you are. And until they come up with a method to deal with that advertising and deliver that content to you for free, but you're not getting it for free—that's the thing. And so, you know,
1: I'm—I I'm, well, I would take issue with that because you're not getting anything for free. No, there, there is not you anymore. Know, you never have though. Michael. No, no, you because you were
2: consuming the commercial. Yes. I mean, that was the whole thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there is a price to every piece of media that you consume. In Let's one just way, go back to form.
2: old school, man. Give me a good old antenna and. Rabbit ears,
1: but again, you were still Watch the for
0: General it. Electric uh, Comedy Hour.
1: Exactly, yeah. that's right, man. You know, the, the Texaco, you know, Milton Berle show. You know, so. right, right. Oh, the good old days, Uncle Milty.
2: If I could have had a he DVR looked... in the '80s, I'd have been good.
3: He, he looked great in a dress, didn't he? He did. He did.
1: Not as good as I do, but he looked pretty good. He's got
3: the legs for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this
1: comes from Electric oh. House, uh, EH Publishing. I'm leaving now. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> here's the question, guys. iPod or HD TV, which screen rules? And I'll throw one, one more in here. The new iPad with the, uh, the, the retina display. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week with the fact that technically it's bigger than HD, you know, the, the resolution's bigger than HD. But you can't see it. Well, yeah, sure you Sure you can. You hold it way out here and, uh, <laughs> George, which uh, if you had your druthers, which one would you rather turn on—a 46-inch TV or pop open your your iPhone?
3: I don't know about iPhone, but an iPad or tablet would be my choice, depending on the situation. Because most of my media consumption is personal, and in that I mean that my wife doesn't watch hockey, but I do, so I'm watching it on my my computer. Because that's where, you know, I'll go up into the other room in the office and I'll watch it on there. because she's going to watch her DVR or whatever she's watching reality show stuff. Uh, that just, you know, she doesn't cotton to hockey and I don't cotton to that stuff. So <laughs> we're done. Um, but there is a greater thing going on here is that a lot of younger kids, a lot of other uh, younger generations don't distinguish between the two. And that's part of the argument here is this guy is a gog that someone would think that they would want to watch a movie on something smaller and not be enveloped in the content like he prefers to have. And this is an industry threat. Definitely. Um, I have a, I have a quote. There's a guy named Phil Swan who does TV He's a HD expert and on a lot of stuff. And I have dubbed him the Swanee inverse square rule, which is every time he's claims that nobody wants to watch content on small screens, the people watching it doubles. <laughs> because, <laughs> And I've done this to him face to face, which he, he kind of has taken up as a moniker, but, um, it really is a difference of how other generations are develop, are consuming content. My kids make no differentiation between the large TV, the computer screen, or the iTouch that I'm using. Nope. Um, <sighs> so they they don't see a difference in that content and how it's delivered. They just want to watch their content. And yes, there are arguments to be made to say, hey, this is much better and it's a better sound. You can see that hockey puck on this 50-inch HDTV, you can, you can, you can, but the world's changing in how we consume, and for better or worse, that's where it's going.
1: See, Don, I'm with George on this because my kids do the exact same thing, and I think that may be a, a generational thing. Not saying we're all old, but
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're we're not six either. You know, so, so I mean, here's the thing. Would you, not just would you rather, but do you see kind of where this is going, where, you know, having the 50 inch plasma uh, is kind of going away, or do you think there's still, there's still a viable option to have the large format display in, in like the living room or the, or the centerpiece room. And then, yeah, by the way, we're also consuming, you know, content elsewhere.
0: But there's definitely going to remain a market um, for, for the large screen as well as the small in the home. Um, and, and it's not even necessarily a generational thing. It's a situational thing. Okay. You know, if, if I'm watching a movie that's an action film and something very dramatic's happening i want to be watching it on my wall-sized you know led or plasma screen i want the surround sound going and i want to i want the walls to shake and we we do that in our house sometimes with the surround sound you know if i if i'm just watching you know a, a sitcom or something and i don't care I, i'll i'll watch it on my phone i'll watch it on my tablet i'll watch it on my laptop you know i mean my husband and i are both in the industry and we're both tech geeks fully admit it But, you know, there are times we'll have one thing on the plasma, a movie or what have you, and we'll both have our laptops up, you know, multitasking, typing and watching something on a screen there. And they're, you know, especially football season, if you can't get a certain game, we'll have one game on the laptop, one game on the TV, and then we'll have our tablet going or our phone going. So, you know, we're that awkward late Gen X generation that's kind of on the cusp of the kids but on the cusp of the old people.
2: Just call it total geeks, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but <laughs> I mean we, we, we consume multiple platforms all at once on different size screens and there are some situations I want to watch it on my phone. Sometimes I want my tablet. And there there are definitely times I would not give up my big screen.
1: But she she so. makes a point though because we are all of us are, all four of us are on that weird little Gen X part where, you know what? We're not the baby boomers. We're not. Um We have a lot of the consumption habits that they had, uh, but we're not Generation Y or, I don't even know what my kids are, would, would be called. Are they millennials? Okay, millennials. Generation Snot Yeah, Generation, uh, snot yeah. <laughs> snot <knows>. yeah. Generation <laughs> he's got my dolly. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. George doesn't have that, that problem because he has two wow. boys. Um but but we are in that weird little flux part where we are technology-driven enough where, you know what, we will sit down with our iPads or our laptops and watch whatever it is we're watching, you know, to, you know, whether it's, you know, I was watching um, a TV show on, on NBC the other day and didn't know the, the actress's name, thought she looked familiar, so you know what, what do I do? I, I grab my phone and I do the IMDB thing and say, oh yeah, I've seen her in this and this and this before. So, you know, we're, that's kind of who we are. Right. But I I
2: agree with Don. It's a situational thing. Because I think that, that more of your family viewing is going to continue to happen on, at the large screen in the in the family area of the house. And the personal viewing, like George said, is going to continue to happen and, and progress toward the personal devices. And my wife and I are the same way. We get together and we watch a movie. We sit down in front of the plasma to do it. When we're watching separate things, then you know she might be on the TV and I'm on the iPad or vice versa. It just depends on what's, uh, what the situation is. And uh, I don't think either one is going to be eliminated. I think there's room for both.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, this comes to us from our buddies over at Rave Publications. Finnish researchers have developed a new laser light source for mobile projectors. Dun, dun, you guys dun. made fun of me for, for liking the Samsung Galaxy Beam, too. Uh, from the VTT um, Technical Research Center in Finland... EpiCrystals, I'm going to totally butcher this name. EpiCrystals Oi and Alto University believe they have a better laser light source for projectors that will be integrated into mobile phones, and expect mobile phones equipped with this laser light source can be within consumer consumer reach in a few years' time. Michael. Yes, Tim. I expect you to eat crow on this because, see, I told you they'd come up with something bigger <laughs> than 15 lumens, which is what happens to be in, inside the Samsung Galaxy Beam. All kidding and aside. So, and
2: so what is this new laser?
1: All kidding aside, uh, is this something that we're going to have to worry about? Um, or is this, is this it, not just worry about it, but it is also is this viable technology that we can start seeing move not only into Pico projectors and 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 mobile phone projectors, but on up into you know the several thousand lumens that we expect inside classrooms and and large venues.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I know I was making fun of the of the little Pico thing with the the Galaxy. It is
1: only fifteen lumens. It, yes, it is. I'll give it you that. is.
2: But George made a very good point that week, and that is that um, it, it's a sign of things to come. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. And you know, when you see a new technology like this emerge, you know, you're kind of skeptical at first. Uh, but knowing that there's already hybrid laser projectors out there that look darn amazing for what they are, and that they're they're continuing to progress that technology, and we're coming out with newer and better ways to generate that light. I'm kind of excited about it. Now, um, am I worried about it or concerned about this hitting the consumer space? No, I'm more excited about seeing it get big enough to use in the commercial space.
1: Yeah. All right, George, are you? Excited about the, the possibility of putting in laser uh, guide. Not laser guided. Good Lord, it's not a missile. <laughs> you know what? Laser
3: guide content. Directing. It's
1: been a long week, guys. Laser Get guided, that man some coffee. I guess. I, right. yeah, laser projector.
3: Well, go. Right,
1: oh, my. So... George. George still there? Yeah, yeah he's um, still there.
3: Uh, no, I'm just waiting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Why? kill? Yo, you, you put me out of my misery. Just start talking about something.
3: <laughs> well, I'm never a fan of vaporware. And yes, they said they have a working model. The, we all know if you're in the manufacturing side, that means that they're getting there, but they want to lay claim to it right now. Because there's others who might be doing stuff, right? Well, and that goes um, back not,
1: not to interrupt you real quick, but not that, yeah. that goes back to a conversation we had with Linda fremby's uh, about vaporware and Infocom. She said, yeah. as long as you're the first one, you know, to the trade show, you, you're the one that invented it, right? Like, you know, right, it's all marketing.
3: Right. Well, we talked about that on the DIY show, a DIY show yesterday with, uh, yeah. with with Ben Harris. That you know, there's this history of you know, did did. Edison really invent the light bulb? Eh, Kind of. Did Ford invent the automobile? Not really. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of people developing something in a very critical moment and someone just got to the patent office first. Um, so this sounds very interesting. It might mean that there's more compact things we can do and it'll fit into better areas and we'll get, but until I see really what they can do with it. And until we actually prove that there was a quark that went faster than the speed of light, not, um, you know we'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see. You know, my joke that you stepped on though was that you know exactly. I don't understand why they're saying it's coming. There's finish, right? Oh my uh-huh. god!
0: Uh, <laughs> you're fired. You. Waka waka waka. waka.
3: waka. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, tip your waitress not too far. She might fall over.
1: Oy. Don, help.
0: I don't know if I can follow. That I don't mess. know. That we you
3: should. can't. You can't I rescue should, this. We you should can't just like it. cut our losses you and say good night, it. folks. What? Say night, Gracie. George, you can't follow me.
0: I do have a point, though, okay? Thank For you. Um, no, it's, it's equally ridiculous, just less okay. shecky. Um, <laughs> I'm such a girl on these things. Like, when they first brought out Pico projectors, my first words out of my mouth at Infocom were, oh my God, cute. And my second words out of my mouth to my husband's utter horror was, I can fit it in my purse. So, you know, it's not a pair epic- of shoes. No, because <laughs> you don't put your shoes in your purse. You put them on your feet. Silly.
1: <laughs> and, and Michael is such a guy. So.
0: Yeah. I, I was, I was going to say this is you know I'm I'm an AV girl. I'm a woman in AV, and okay. I, I know my technical stuff. But let me have my girly moment. You know, if if it's small and bright, like the you know the Pico projectors and the things that are on the phones right now, total disappointment in, in terms of brightness and quality. And anything that is real that can improve that and bring it to the level of quality we expect out of a projector. But in itty-bitty size, I love it. They just have to make it work.
1: Yeah. So. And they have to make it bright, so. Um, and they have to make it cute. Yeah, and um, cute, so. yes. <laughs> so make sure it's in a pretty box with a bow for her. Like those little <laughs> dogs that my wife wants. Just annoying. Well, she wants those little purse dogs? It,
2: yes. Get her a Chihuahua. No. Yorkie. Yeah.
0: No. Ooh. no.
1: All right. Uh, <laughs> this comes from a commercial integrator. Ten signs you're an AV geek. So
2: number one, you're on AV Week. Wow, well, there is that.
1: <laughs> Damn. Number two, you listen to AV Week. Can I can I go through these? Is that possible? I was just I was
2: just setting it up. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead.
1: Your, your jokes are about as good as George's. So I uh, know they're horrible, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not to be simplistic about this, but it, it hey, is. Hey, I make
3: good. a living off my jokes. All right, come on.
1: You you do. <laughs> wow
2: all right <laughs> we just lost everybody we did. read them all right you know what
1: rgb rgbs and RGBHV is um what dsp stands for even though you can't you really explain it but you know uh go up to a 10 go up to a best buy associate and ask them to describe the difference between 1080i and 1080p
2: Ooh, that could be you know what we could have some fun with that we could one.
1: have some fun with that 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 should be like one of our first video things is just do that
0: are you kidding? My husband and I do that all the time, shopping at Christmas. <laughs> do you really?
2: That's a, that's a good idea.
0: Oh, and, and, and when I shop by myself for Christmas, I love messing with the kids at oh, Best Buy because yeah. they see a girl shopping in heels for something. Oh, it's techie. Let's go make a commission. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, sweetie, you don't know what you're getting into with me. <laughs> uh,
1: what is the difference between YUV, P, oh, I'm sorry, YPRPB and component? There's a difference. Uh yes. That's the that's the whole idea. <laughs> uh, RS 422, and four eighty five. Those are know. all exits on the freeway. Yes, they are. AD and DA is this an attention disorder? <laughs>
2: Wait, you said N-D-N-D-A? No,
1: I A-D-N-D-A, because you do have an attention disorder. Oh, ho, 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 gotcha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix Switcher. Uh, is that a movie mashup of Keanu Reeves? Uh, let's see. VTC, VC, and UC. Keystoning and what the words Crestron, Extron, and AMX are all about. So 10 signs that you are an AV geek by Dan Newman of Commercial Integrator. So. very nice. I thought so.
2: So what's the difference between a geek and a
0: nerd?
1: There is actually a, de- a definition, de- uh, uh, I think.
0: Geeks can be sexy.
1: Ooh, really? I'm totally a geek yeah. then. No, you're not. Yeah. Nice. You All are right. a complete nerd.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the hierarchy kind of goes geeks, which can be cool and sexy. And you can be still geeky. And then there's nerds, which is like a step below that. And they're not always as sexy and not always as cool. And then just sort of bottom of the heap are the dweebs. And you don't want to be a dweeb. So
1: there's like, there there, there are some social like um, backwardness to nerds and stuff like that. They're very focused and very, you know, meth. Introverted? Yeah, introverted and and this, that, and the other. And and geeks are just, you know, they know a lot about the stuff, but they still like talking to people and, and things of that nature. So.
0: Here here you go, if you watch Big Bang Theory. There we
1: go. Oh,
2: I love the Big Bang Theory.
0: Sheldon, doc, you know, Dr. Sheldon Cooper, mm-hmm. sort of falls in the nerd-pushing-dweeb territory.
2: Absolutely.
0: Leonard is a geek. He can be sexy. He has a girlfriend occasionally. You know, he hooked and up an, with Penny. he
2: can totally
1: you hot can't always, girlfriend.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong <laughs> Sorry, if you hook up with Penny. No. And, I'm gonna and, um, save your wife,
1: this one. Yeah, please you do. Know,
0: Raj, when he's when he's at least drunk or able to talk to women, you know he sort of falls in the high nerd category. High and nerd. We don't talk about Wallowitz, but
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, Wallowitz. Wow.
1: Total side note. I just who saw dresses it. that guy? By the way, I'm sure not not, not
2: not not that I'm like all about guys and dressing or anything, but just seriously.
1: Yeah, because you've not made one comment about my purple shirt today. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: I did. I did email the picture to Don and uh, George though.
1: This is from Tech yeah, Dirt. What's that?
0: I say that's not purple. That's lavender, sweetie. Well, it's, everybody, <laughs> it's like Easter colors. Oh, it's wow.
3: pastel.
0: Yeah, there's your problem. You know, I
1: am secure enough in my manhood to wear pastels. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> the 80s called. They want it back.
1: Whoa, that's what, when,
2: when my wife says, "Why don't you wear your pink shirt today?" It's like it's salmon.
1: It's salmon, babe. From Tech Dirt, I'd like to get this one last story in. Um, guess what, folks? Copying still isn't stealing. Uh, this is uh, this is a nice one actually. And it, here's the thing: I mean, th- there's a. I almost called the guy Chris Dot. Yeah, yeah it is Chris Dot. Chris Dot is is the new mouthpiece uh, from from the the mm-hmm. uh, the MPAA, and, and you know we're losing jobs, and it's all about jobs. Well, you know what? My foot. Uh, one of the wonderful quotes in here uh, from the the music industry. This is you know the from the author. He's quoting the music industry saying, "The music industry has been ravaged by the digital age. The primary culprit being illegal file sharing on websites with practically zero regulation. The past two decades, just for the record, two decades ago was nineteen ninety two, have been something of a wild west on ye old interwebs. No rules, no accountability. By the time the music industry reacted to what was happening." It was too late. And that's the way it is. How did I end up being Walter Cronkite? Wow. Um, here's the thing. And you I'm not going to get into... I was going to say
2: you were Paul Harvey just then, but, yeah. You know.
1: Good day. Um, I, I'm not going to get into the fact that, that, you know, they have a whole lot of money because I don't want to become that guy. But they're not losing money. And you know, if they think they are, then you know, that's 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 their problem. But me ripping my music that I bought at Best Buy or Sam Goody or wherever and putting it on my computer isn't stealing. It's just not. There are laws in place for this. There are backup laws in place for this. And you know what? Once I buy something, I should be able to watch it wherever. Are I darn well please. Mm. Um, that's just my two cents on it, but that's just not my two cents on it. I mean, there there is not only law, but there's case law for this. Uh, Julie Jacobson posted some stuff this week about you know the whole kaleidoscope um, ruling, where a, a judge said that you know kaleidoscope couldn't do what they were doing with DVDs. I, I think honestly, it's because you have a lot of older people. Who are in the judiciary who don't understand this stuff and they don't understand what they're doing um, they see quote unquote ripping DVDs and putting them on a on a server and they're equating that to Pirate Bay and I think that is a disservice and I think the you know I don't know if we need to get smarter lawyers <laughs> on our side or what uh, but George that this is not uh, this is no by no way over um, and I don't know when it will be. Um, but it's not, you know, it, this is not, uh, this is not stealing. I'm sorry, is it?
3: Not in the terms that they were talking about in the article. In my opinion, uh, I kept feeling like reading that the original blog post that it's it's not a dump truck. Yeah, okay. There are issues and there are problems with certain parts of the distribution chain. But this is how your public wants the media, mm-hmm. so find a way to make it work. Stop DVDCA I'm sorry, yes, this is American jobs, but guess what? The technology has moved on. People are still not demanding their stock take tape ticker tape to 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 do stuff because the technology moved on. Yes, that employed people who had to make the paper and supply the machines and keep them running. but guess what it's moved on yeah. Uh, nobody I know buys the physical medium, except for maybe kids to travel on, and most of us are putting it on our little uh, USB sticks anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I take issue with this musician in, in two ways, and one, I support him. My opinion has always been that if you are an artist and you get it, then you want your material the way your fans want it. If you don't want to participate, I don't care how popular you are, the fans or the people who like it should either, yes, buy it the way this artist wants it to be done— or don't buy their stuff at all. Don't even get it because that's what they wished. And there's a certain respect there. This is a sort of that, you know, cultural licenses, cultural agreement we make. They produce, we, we buy. If we want it a certain way, that's the way it should be. Yeah. I don't take. I think they all his money to be truthfully punch holes in, in this artist um, uh, argument. I think he just needs to get out of his bad contract. And, Put it on the web. I mean, how many other people do we need, need to talk about that did this successfully? Radiohead. Uh, a couple of comedians yeah. put out stuff that said they sold more money. They had to give away money because they made more than they wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to do it the way your public wants it, or you force it as your own art to be in the context and the and the format that you want, but accept that you're not going to sell a lot. Mm. That's true. Yeah,
0: G- George brings up... A great point. and And that's, you know, this, this person that wrote this said, you know, the music industry has been ravaged by the digital age. No, it hasn't. The traditional studio and record pressing industry <laughs> has been possibly ravaged by the digital age. Musicians and music as a whole is flourishing in the digital age. Yep. You don't see, you know, bands standing on the side of the street, um, you know, with cops begging for change <laughs> because – they don't have jobs anymore due to the downloads into MP3s. They're making it hand over fists, And even the ones that give away their music make so much on donations. They make so much more on concert sales, on, uh, you know, extras, affiliated things that that they market, you know, as a result or with the the giveaways that they can't handle how much money they're making. But the beauty of it and what really makes it special for the music industry, not the music corporate industry, mm-hmm. is that, the internet and digital file sharing and all of these things have made it possible for so many more voices to be heard. Musicians that never would be heard outside of their garage, outside of their city, outside of their state are now getting a worldwide audience and finding fans in far flung places that want to buy their stuff. And so, so many more people are getting, you know, I mean, granted, they're not, you know, setting the world on fire and are, they're not all the next Lady Gaga or whatever. But they're having success with their music and sharing their art with so many more people than has ever been possible in the history of the planet. The music industry is fine. It's the corporate suits that aren't.
1: Yeah. Down with the suits.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You know, suits pay.
1: But... <laughs> no, that's true. Suits do pay us. so.
0: But, you know, down with some aspects of the suits. <laughs> yes.
1: Tommy Mottola. So. All right, that's all I've got, guys. Does anybody have anything else that they'd like to say? go off on any analogies
2: i do What's we, that? Oh, oh go ahead george go ahead go ahead no 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 My, mine's a finishing
3: statement uh, i'm i'm just <laughs> sorry we didn't cover the ikea magical touchscreen thread uh that gizmodo ran this is an article about uh, yes. a thread that ikea uh helped promote which uh enabled gloves and mittens to be touchscreen capable There's a conductive thread that doesn't scratch and it was only a promotion, but they sold out of it in two weeks. They had like a hundred, two hundred fifty thousand, or one hundred fifty thousand that they made. Twelve
0: thousand. I have a pair.
3: twelve thousand. I have a pair. They're awesome. You do? Yeah. I, I really want this to be real. This is very cool. Yeah. They, my <laughs> wife bought them It's a simple. For... It's a piece of.
2: Th- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There was a little delay there.
3: That's right. I that was just say it's a piece of thread and a needle. Yeah. And you put it on the glove and you're done. It's a very cool idea. I'm sorry, Michael. Go ahead.
2: No, that's okay. My wife bought me for Christmas a pair of gloves that had that right in the fingertip. And uh, I can use the iPad and everything when it's nice and cold out. Um, GPS works just fine in the car. They're they're really cool.
3: It's a simple idea, and it works really well. Sometimes it's not full of gadgets and blinky lights.
2: Nope. Yep. It's the easy things that allow you to get her done.
3: And I may have just countered my argument at the beginning of the show about Extron, but there you go. Right.
0: (laughs) Oh, look at you go. Simple.
1: Simple. Kiss it. Okay, on that note, I, I got it. It just took me a second. Um, Don, All right, let's, let's, let's close this out. Thank you. Michael Drainer is from Tech Electronics. Thank yes, sir. sir. Have you, a great day, everyone. You can find him uh, on Twitter. I think the last one he did was in 1865. It was uh, his, his, his tweet a Twitter thing is at Michael Drainer. Uh, George Tucker, he is from World Stage. Where can people find you and your rambling, sir?
3: Uh, in several places, Rave Pubs, uh, you can find me at uh, not squarespace, typehead.com. uh and I am at tucker on Twitter. Very cool.
1: And AV Dawn, the marketing and media coordinator for NetAV. Uh, thank you so much, ma'am, and where can people find you and your stuff?
3: You can
0: find my blogs on avdawn.com. You can find me on Twitter at avdawn. You can find articles and blogs by me at ravepubs. And as soon as I get the website updated, you can find me at netav.com. That's net-av.com.
1: Yay! Slacker. Congratulations, Miss <laughs> <Ms. laughs> Um, My name is Tim Albright. If you'd like to follow my uh, my stuff on Twitter, it is at TDAlbright, Tim David Albright. Uh, But more importantly for for me and and everybody here at A.V. Nation, go to the website, ravepubs.com, forward slash A.V. Nation, ravepubs.com, forward slash A.V. Nation. That's where you will find this show and many more. Uh, uh, George alluded to it earlier. We recorded the DIY show yesterday. We have a new wave coming down, uh, a new education one coming down, as well as the social A.V. So ravepubs.com forward slash avnation, ravepubs.com, forward slash avnation. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for AV Week.